no reason to exist. You probably don't remember high school as an engaging intellectual experience. Two of my best friends, Kevin and Brandon, they were onto something. They were doing real science in high school. They had made a discovery. It seemed like there was a code to it. It was like one of these things, like one of those movies, like Virtuosity in the 1990s when the internet was new and they'd show like a, a, a montage of hackers doing their hacking. And they'd show like somebody like furiously like keyboard, uh, punching keyboard and they'd show like numbers on a screen and then you'd like, they'd wipe their brow because they're like furiously hacking. Like the, the hacker montage. It was kind of like that. There was like, there was a key to this. That was Kevin talking about earth science class where he and Brandon made their discovery. So I had the same teacher, but during a different period, it was freshman earth science. And of the few things I remember in that class, the main ones are Horst and Graben. And that's something in plate tectonics where two pieces of crust are moving in towards another piece between them. And then if the middle piece goes up, then it's a Horst or it goes down it's a Graben or it's the other way around. Can't remember. Never could remember. And never thought about this until years later when I was substitute teaching for math at a high school. And I met the earth science teacher. We're shaking hands, saying, how do you do? And then I asked him, hey, are you guys still teaching about Horst and Graben? And he says, yeah, we are. And And he seemed just so excited that I'd remembered anything at all from my earth science class. So let's hark back. Here's Kevin and Brandon remembering our earth science teacher from way back when. He would also like, like when somebody would like ask a question, he would like look at you, but he would also, he would look at you as like, as if he was like staring into space. Like you were like talking to a blind man or something. He looked like Fred Flintstone, but he'd always be looking to the side of who he was talking to and he'd never be sure who he was talking to. He kind of looked like uh, Fred Flintstone, and uh, he was kind of rough and ready. He would always scratch his belly, too. He, like, gave his lectures kind of, like, robotically in some ways, but, like, he would have, like, these little sides that were just kind of weird. Uh, I mean, they weren't inappropriate, but they were just, like, kind of like, I don't know. Brayden probably remembers them because uh, he, he, he has... Uh, Amazing recall at this, but like, like cursor topography. <laughs> and then there were certain uh, phrases he would say all the time, like cursor topography. I had forgotten about cursor topography, a landscape that is characterized by numerous caves, sinkholes, fissures, and yeah, underground yeah, streams. Yeah. High school was six hours a day of that, just horsts and gravens and cursor topography, and you had to sit there. And sit still and copy all this into your notebook all day long. Do you really remember what that was like? In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the, anyone, anyone, Great Depression, passed the, anyone, anyone, the tariff bill, the Hawley-Smoot Tariff Act, which anyone raised or lowered, raised tariffs 
in an effort to collect more revenue for the federal government. Did it work? Anyone? Anyone know the effects? It did not work, and the United States sank deeper into the Great Depression. Did that clip seem a little long? Did you start to get bored? Because that was about 40 seconds. And a typical day of high school is 20,000 seconds. So multiply that clip by 500. And that was high school for 700 days. Four years. Except for one day, really. The first day of earth science in freshman year when Mr. Flintstone told us that trees make the wind blow. He starts this whole thing about, look outside. Now you see the trees moving. And in a couple seconds, you will feel a breeze. That is because the trees are making the wind blow. And, he, you know, he started going into this whole diatribe of, like, you know, turgor pressure within the branches uh, creating, uh, by, created by the tree, moving uh, liquid to and fro from the roots to the branches and back and forth, causes undulation of the branches, which then moves the leaves, which then disturbs the air around it, which then forces, you know, air to move across a, a space. And if you put a bunch of trees together, there's a cumulative effect and he's doing all this stuff and he's really passionate about it. And the, you know, people to the left side of the bell curve are sitting there nodding their heads and going, I never thought about it that way. That's Jay who witnessed the Trees Make the Wind Blow lecture in 1988. Unfortunately, I missed it. Either I missed my first day of freshman year, or maybe I just went to the wrong class for science, because I remember starting Earth Science on day two. And the teacher was, he's kind of laying into us about the trees thing. Yesterday I had you guys all believing trees make the wind blow. Come on now. Be critical thinkers. And I wondered, if I was in class yesterday, would I have believed this? While I was doing research for this podcast, I found a review of that teacher on a rating site. And the review is from 2004. A kid gave him three and a half out of five stars and said, he was a good guy. Funny. Trees make the wind blow. Two exclamation points at the end there. So trees have been making the wind blow at least from 1988 to 2004. So that was that teacher's signature piece. But it was also pretty much the only time we heard anything about being critical thinkers. And earth science class was just like the others. A horse is a raised, elongated, anyone, block of the earth's crust lying between... Anyone? Anyone? And we just sat there quietly, writing it all down in our notebooks. And so it went. Except for Kevin and Brandon. Right here in the middle of this mind-numbing environment, they were scanning, watching, collecting their own data, 
making discoveries. How was this data recorded and by whom and where was it kept? Like, how, what did it look like? We had a notebook. Um, and I think Brandon had it. And we had a, I think we had like maybe like a, uh, like a school calendar, like one of those like school lunch calendars that we like repurposed as a, as a, uh, <laughs> as, as a chart. Okay. Like we'd have like pants and shirt and we like, Wanted, I don't know how I don't know how fastidiously or how long we actually did that, but can you estimate? Uh, for a few months, I think. Okay, so you had multiple school lunch calendars then. Yeah, there must have been more than one. Yeah, and were you recording ties? He rarely wore a tie. I think he occasionally did, but that was like whoa. But he it was usually it was usually slacks, button down shirt. And so Brandon kept it in a, in a notebook. Yes. Maybe it was the geography notebook, or in yeah. his bag or something. I would, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it was something like that. It was uh, there was that, and uh, I remember <laughs> the bright blue pants was was one, one of the pants he had, and there was a pink shirt. I don't, was were you guys excited? They were like, hey, it's a bright blue pants day. Well, let's let's say we're more excited than we ordinarily would have been. <laughs> it did it did bring it did bring a smidgen of excitement to our our dull teenage lives. Jay remembered those pants fondly as well. Uh, one of the things that I do recall about him was his pants. He had uh, like these blue polyester, uh, what I can only call Homer Simpson pants, I guess. Yeah, he had, he had like a calendar on his notebook, and he would write the shirt on it each day. You know, like he printed out. He might have just made it with, I think he even made it with a ruler. He like made a grid, you know. I probably noticed the uh, constant shirt, too. And then like, if one of us was sick, we'd tell the other what he wore the day before and stuff like that. So Kevin's the one that had the chart in yeah, his bag a, or whatever. Yeah, and like would... in his science notebook, I think. It was like the cover page, possibly. Was it really one shirt each day of the week? Pretty much. I think there were a few variations. But it was a solid, like, run of, you know, pretty much the same shirt for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for a few weeks. And then he got a white shirt. I remember it had a little, like, sailor crest or an anchor on the pocket. And I'm like, oh, that's going to throw everything out of whack. And he whirled on like a Thursday. I'm like, what's going to happen now? <laughs> and then just pushed everything a day up. <laughs> and then I think eventually he might have gotten another shirt. And then I think the pattern eventually uh, went away. But, yeah, for a while. He probably only had a few shirts. And he probably. How long were you tracking this? At least a month, I think. It might have been two or three. <laughs> I have no idea, really. The pattern was one week long, and yeah, you established this? Yeah, it was five shirts this? in five days. Okay, and what about pants? We never noticed the pants, really. They were I'm sure they were just like black teacher pants or tan. I don't really, I don't think the pants were probably the same all the time. <laughs> and you didn't even track the no. pants? Well, he'd mostly be behind that big desk. You know, because the science teacher's <laughs> at the taller desk. <laughs> yeah. And it was one week, and you actually established, oh, Monday, it's going to be this. Yeah, yeah, we'd be like, white shirt tomorrow. <laughs> and there it would be. <laughs> uh, the blue pants were worn more often than not. And, I, and 
and I don't know if it was ever determined if it was one pair or several pairs of the same brand. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, because like I think they would track a stain or two. <laughs> no. I'm still amazed by this little project. Brandon and Kevin, they were really doing it. They had hypotheses. They were gathering data, making them charts, and figuring something out. Not because they were in science class, but in spite of being stuck in a science class. As you heard, some of the details are hazy. I had wanted to reach out to Mr. Flintstone and ask him about all this, but sadly, he's passed away. But I did talk to his niece. She is also a school teacher. I have actually thought in the past, did I wear that last Monday when it is a new Monday? So I have thought about that. And do you know any other teachers that think about this? Um, I actually have a friend who picks out, yeah, I have a friend who picks out her outfits every Sunday night for the entire week. And then she will actually, she's recorded what she's worn. So she doesn't repeat it the next week. So any repeat would be two weeks away. Some friends yeah. of mine <laughs> kept notes mm -hmm. on what he wore. For a few months. Okay. Okay. Well, wasn't it buttoned down mostly? And they claim that he had a pattern. Oh. So like Monday blue shirt, Tuesday pink shirt, etc. It is a possibility. Mr. Flintstone taught high school science for 34 years. That's more years than the number of days I taught high school. I think back to those days, just standing in front of the class, and thanks to Kevin and Brandon, I bought like 20 additional shirts before I started the job. And those days were so long. I was watching the clock more than the kids. And I can't even imagine each of those days stretching into an entire year. I could not have done that. I would not have lasted. I'm no Mr. Flintstone. If you teach high school that long, you should get to live forever. And maybe you do. If you enjoy this podcast, please support it at patreon.com slash no reason to exist no reason to exist